everyone, and welcome back to the Random Anatomy Podcast, where we talk about all things random anatomy, everything in Bio 425, history, diseases, current events, we got it all. As always, I'm your host, Luis, and I'm joined today by my three lovely co-hosts, Leslie, Maria, and Kira. Hey. Hi. Hello. Hello. Thank you guys for joining in. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about ALS, and there's a lot of information that comes with the topic of ALS and diseases like it that have an impact on more than one of the body systems, so I don't think we're going to be able to cover it all in one episode, but we're going to try. Leave us a comment at the end if you guys want to see a part two. Okay, now to give you guys a little bit of an intro, some background on what we're talking about. A myotrophic lateral sclerosis, or ALS for short, is a neurodegenerative disease. So it attacks the nervous system, the cells, and the brains, and the spinal cord. It comes from the Greek language, where A means no, myo means muscle, and trophic meaning nourishment. So essentially, the muscles receive no nourishment and eventually waste away. Now there's two types of ALS. There's sporadic, which is the most common, and familial, which is less common. But this is the one that's hereditary, meaning it can be passed down. Also, little side note. ALS is sometimes called Lou Gehrig's disease, after a famous baseball player who was diagnosed with it. So if you hear Lou Gehrig's, we're talking about ALS. Okay, back to it. We're familiar with neurons, and if you're not, they pretty much send little signals to and from everywhere in the body. From the brain to the spinal cord, from the spinal cord to the muscles, everywhere else. And ALS targets the motor neurons responsible for muscle movement. Basically what happens is that ALS begins to break down the motor neurons until they're too weak to send and receive signals to and from the brain, which then leads them to die, eventually causing total muscle loss in that infected area. Usually it's the voluntary muscles that get affected, and those are the ones that control your eating, talking, and moving ability. Okay, now we know a little bit about what ALS is, but Kira, could you tell us a little bit about what it looks like? Like what are some of the symptoms that accompany ALS. The symptoms usually start in your hands, feet, or limbs and eventually will spread to other parts of the body as more nerve cells become destroyed. In the beginning, symptoms include muscle twitching, weakness in limbs, difficulty doing normal activities such as walking, clumsiness, and eventually loss of muscle control. This will then develop into trouble speaking, swallowing, and breathing. Symptoms can vary greatly depending on which neurons have been affected. ALS will end up being fatal and life expectancy after diagnosis is two to five years. Over time, ALS paralyzes the muscles used to breathe, so the most common cause of death is respiratory failure. Risk factors include heredity. Five to 10% of cases are inherited. Age. ALS risk increases with age and is most common between 40s and mid-60s. Sex, ALS is more common in men than women. And finally, environmental factors, including smoking and other environmental toxins, can cause ALS. However, there hasn't been any specific agents or chemicals that have been directly linked with ALS. Researchers just assume this to be a cause. So once someone starts experiencing these symptoms, What's the diagnosis? Like, how does someone get tested for ALS, or how do the doctors figure out that this person has ALS? Um, Maria. So, it's primarily diagnosed based on 
a detailed history of symptoms and signs observed by a physician during a physical examination, along with many other tests to rule out similar diseases. Um, the presence of upper and lower motor neuron symptoms strongly suggests the presence of the disease. There are many different tests that have to be used to narrow down what disease it is. Um, so I'm gonna list a few of the different tests that have to be used to um, narrow down the diagnosis of ALS. So the first one is a parathyroid disease test. Um, so if it starts releasing too many hormones, a person would feel weakness in their muscles and have cramps and twitching. However, this usually means there could be a tumor present. Um, so pretty much ALS, um, it's going to be like a muscle, um, like, like anybody with ALS is going to have muscle like problems like cramping twitching so there's a lot of different diseases that have the same symptoms so we just have to narrow them down so the next test would be a thyroid function test so if the thyroid isn't functioning right it can show ALS symptoms um, a hepatitis test so a hepatitis or hepatitis can cause symptoms similar to ALS such as mu muscle weakness and cramps um, there's cancer blood test um, so a tumor could possibly press against a nerve or muscle group causing weakness or other ALS symptoms. Um, and then the vitamin B12 deficiency test and the HIV test can also cause ALS symptoms. So those also have to be ruled out. And autoimmune disease tests um, have to be performed because they autoimmune diseases can cause loss of muscle strength and twitching. There's usually an there is actually an autoimmune disease called multifocal motor neuropathy that only affects neurons, which serves muscles and creates similar symptoms to ALS. And another big test that is a factor in diagnosing ALS is the creatine kinase test. Kinase test. Um, so creatine kinase is an enzyme that is present when an individual has exercised strenuously and also be a sign of muscle disease. In people who have ALS, the creatine kinase test can show positive with elevated levels of the enzyme for many of the tests above, um, or elevated levels of the enzyme. And then for many of the tests above, a positive or negative result can help physicians rule out other possible causes of symptoms, such as muscle weakness, tumors, and autoimmune diseases. The process of diagnosing ALS is often a cause or often a case of eliminating other potential causes of the symptoms which the patient is experiencing. Um, so pretty much overall, um, it's just a process of elimination and just trying to narrow down these tests. It comes down to really that creatine kinase test and that plays a big part in it. So if you're positive for that, then you most likely have ALS, and then they just go by the symptoms to officially diagnose it. All right, Maria, thank you so much. I think we're going to hand it off to Leslie now. Leslie, could you tell us a little bit about the treatment of those patients with ALS and any other future research projects that concern Lou Gehrig's disease? All right. Two approved drugs used to treat ALS, um, one of those being Riluzol, um, which extends lifespan in ALS patients by an average of a few months. This has been on the market for about 25 years. Um, and then Edaravone, which is shown to help patients function for longer into their disease. 
Um, that's been on the market for three years now. And while there are two currently approved drugs, ALS is still considered a death sentence for patients, um, typically within three to five years of their diagnosis. Um, however, with research money funded from the Ice Bucket Challenge, which was at least $111 million, um, different clinical trials for different new drugs um, are being tested right now, like this one that I found. Um, it's actually a drug combination. It's called AMX0035, um, conceived by undergrads at Brown University. It's a combination of sodium phenylbutate and the supplement tarsodiol. Um, and it actually helps maintain function of mitochondria and the endoplasmic reticulum um, to help protect from neural damage, which is one of the um, factors in ALS. Um, it's been found in clinical trials now um, over six months to show a smaller decline in ALS functional rating scale, which is what they use in ALS patients to assess their ability to do um, everyday tasks such as swallowing, walking, going upstairs, um, etc. Um, along with this, in the clinical trials, it's also shown an improvement in patients' fine motor skills. Um, this is only for six months so far. They are continuing these trials with this drug. Um, but from what it looks like, it may be on the market in the next couple of years. Um, there are several other drug trials, clinical trials going on um, for different treatments for ALS. Um, and it's all funded by the Ice Bucket Challenge. I feel like I haven't heard much about that in the past couple of years, but it's good to see that all that money raised um, during that social media challenge is actually being used for some really good research for <laughs> yeah. ALS treatment. I feel like I just, I feel like I heard about it a few years ago and then like it just kind of disappeared, but doing some yeah. research for this. So that came out back in 2014. And I'm so glad that those $10 that I gave when I was a little kid helped out. So that's good. I know. Whenever I did it when I was younger, I was like, oh, this is fun. I get to pour ice all over myself. But I mean, it's a very serious disease. Like, and it, all that money, those five, ten dollars every time, it's added up to over a hundred and eleven million. That's crazy. A hundred and eleven million. That is insane. I had no idea they raised that much over the ice bucket challenge. Well, thank you, Leslie. Thank you to Maria and Kira for bringing your knowledge to this podcast. I think that about wraps up this episode on ALS on our continued nervous system series. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, go back and check those out. They're super interesting. Don't forget to like this and subscribe and give us a good rating on the podcast platform of your choice. Your feedback is really helpful. It helps us grow and put more content out there that you want to listen to. All right, that has been another episode of Random Anatomy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week as we continue this series. You guys be safe out there and have a good day. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. See ya. Bye.